wondering if I get like a speeding chicken Casper, if I drop Andy's name, what it will do. It needs to. It'll do. Yeah. It'll double it. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm very responsible drivers. So that won't happen. Oh, you're a little defensive there, Robin. No, no one even brought that up. <laughs> I just had yeah. to throw that I was making note. What's up, podcast listeners? It's Andy. It's Drew. It's producer Robin. We are back with episode number two of from the year 2023 of the What's Up Castleberry podcast. Episode two of the year, episode one, two, four. All together. An episode number one in our hearts, right? No, it's not. Absolutely. We give, Every new episode is the best episode. That's exactly right, Andy. Listener, we hope that you enjoyed our episode with Karen Almond from the last time we were on. We are producing uh, episodes every other week here on the What's Up Castleberry podcast feed. Andy and I are local pastors. We're friends with producer Robin as well. And we love to have casual conversations for the good of the people of Castleberry about all things Castleberry. It's been kind of fun, you know, just getting back in the flow, the new year, things are happening in our community and and for us, for us personally. Uh, probably by the time this episode airs very well, my wife will be eight and a half months pregnant with our twins. And uh, yeah, so our life is about to get a whole a lot crazier. Y'all are going to see me. I'm going to have big bags under my eyes and kind of that delirious dad look. But yeah, we're going to be we're going to be plugging away. He's going to be recording with like babies strapped on him. <laughs> That's right. Do you have a mute button for those babies that he no, can sorry. use Jaden's in the early hours of the Jaden's been a guest on the, the podcast. Morning. Why not baby? Baby Willow. Baby. Yeah. The other the babies. babies too. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? Do you have names for the new babies? We do. Yeah. This is breaking news. Uh, we, does, we, hang on. Before you break uh, it, does, have you talked to Becky? It, yes, she knows. Okay. Yeah, right, she's good. good. She knows their names, right? <laughs> <laughs> we agreed on the names. That's not always the case sometimes, but yeah, we, uh, we're excited, very excited and proud to announce we have uh, a boy and a girl there. So obviously <laughs> they're not identical twins, <laughs> but uh, the, our boy will be named uh, Corey John and uh, Corey, we just like the name John is after uh, Becky's grandfather and then uh, Hannah Jean Hannah from the Bible and Jean is Becky's middle name so no, not Hannah Montana not Hannah Montana no okay. no although if she makes it big like Hannah Montana <laughs> I, I wouldn't object so Corey John and Hannah Jean we're excited the Taylors are rapidly growing well it's not gossip but I, I will know and I think it's worth saying that things start to be starting again in our community uh, a couple of weeks ago I went to the first chamber meeting of the year where they swore in their new board the events are coming yeah, back food, in food the trucks, city right that's happening and a, a lot of those things that break for the holidays are starting again and there's lots of great opportunities to to get involved to plug in and to make a difference within our community yeah and not to get ahead of ourselves but there's a the weather is just so nice here that this is the greatest time to be outside and we'll talk about some of the opportunities to to bike and some of the celebration of of our city being so friendly and encouraging of you walking biking running being outside before we get there let's now transition to everyone's specifically Karen Allman's favorite <laughs> segment of the podcast. It's time for the dad joke of the week. All right. We have a very special guest later on in the episode, Chief Larry Krantz from the Castleberry Police Department. So Andy, my jokes today are police related. All right. And I'm not making fun of our police and especially not Chief Krantz because he will beat me up in a heartbeat. Um, but, uh, but here you go. Robin, did you hear about the criminal who stole a lamp? I didn't. <gasps> Yeah, he stole a lamp. Stole a lamp. It was 
a very light sentence. That <laughs> Can All we right. just note that that was not me laughing? That was a track. That <laughs> yeah, so, uh, Andy just gave a <laughs> gave a glazed over look. All right, here we go. Joke number two. Let's see if I can get Andy on this one. Andy. I got pulled over recently. Oh no! Yeah, and, says uh, nobody's shocked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I get a little, a little wild behind the wheel sometimes. And yeah, so the the, the officer came over and uh, rolled down the window and and he asked, he said papers, and I responded with scissors. I win, and then I just went ahead and drove off. I assumed the game was over. Well, I guess he wants a rematch because he's been following me for the past forty five minutes. <laughs> I don't even know what to feel about that. Robin, why do you even think that's funny? It is. <laughs> All right. And do B, you, we need to encourage Do it better. Here confidence. you go. Okay. Step, step oh, it up okay. in, Andy. Do it better, man. Well, I, Let's just on. note for the record that these are not Andy's jokes. He gets them from somebody else. Right. That's right. I, I'm not afraid of that. <laughs> I'm proud of that. He is using you, Doug. <laughs> no, but I mean, seriously, that, my wife tripped the other day. It was terrible. Oh, oh she dropped a full basket of freshly ironed clothes. Can you believe that? What I did? What? I just sat back and watched it all unfold. Oh, that was actually funny. Good job. Good job, Doug. <laughs> hang on, hang on. If it's funny, I'm going to take some of the credit. If it's not, then we'll blame Drew or Doug. I mean, that's good. All right, you want one more? Yeah, one more. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you know, we have a great library here in Castleberry, and I went into the library the other day and asked if they had any books on paranoia. The librarian yelled at me, they're right behind you! <laughs> there you have it. That was good. That, that's the joke. It's good because of the visual I see of you jumping in your chair to act out this joke. Yes. See, maybe that's the problem. I'm a visual humorist you are. You are. rather than a linguistic one. You are, yep. Yeah. You you do have a funny looking face. <laughs> yeah, boom. Robin, press your button. Press your. Yes, <laughs> true. All right, let's uh, let's transition from our dad jokes to, to Castleberry in the news. And as I said at the top, there are lots of good things happening um, in terms of transportation in Castleberry. Uh, lots of focus on making not only our streets safer, but also our being accessible. We've talked about this in past episodes that we one of the desires of the leadership of this community is to make the, the city of Castleberry accessible by bike, walking, public transport, just to try to get some of the cars off the road. And uh, recently, one of our uh, Castleberry staff members was highlighted and celebrated for an award relating to biking and walking. So it was noted that uh, in the late fall 2022, an organization called Smart Growth America that is about creating healthy, prosperous, and resilient communities awarded our very own Dr. Kelly Brock, who is the Castleberry Public Works and Utilities Department Director, with the Complete Street Changemaker Award. That's pretty cool. Good for Kelly Brock. I, I, you, you know him. I, 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 him. I Yeah, I, I do, do know Kelly. He's a very thoughtful, very talented man. Our city is very blessed to have them and uh, have him and to have these complete streets as well. It's a fascinating concept that makes life more pleasant and enjoyable and safer for all of us. Yeah, let me read just a, a little note from that uh, nomination. And specifically, these were Kelly's words regarding the design for our roads, our wider sidewalks, things like that. Uh, he said, 
said one of the goals here was planning, designing, building, and maintaining a safe, reliable, efficient, integrated, and connected multimodal transportation network. That's a big word. That will provide access, mobility, safety, and connection for all users. I think that's a, a really good description of, of the goal of, of our city, and it's becoming evident. And really, one of the side benefits from having wider sidewalks, more encouragement of bikes, obviously, there's health ramifications, there's safety, different things like that. But also, um, with the, the bond referendum, with new parks coming in and old parks being redeveloped, there's just an encouragement to be outside and to enjoy the just the natural beauty of Castleberry. Absolutely. And not only is our city becoming more beautiful, but it's also becoming safer. There was an article recently in the newspaper, it was on the news as well, about lots of car crashes. I think four over a two or three month period, uh, right down the street from where we're recording today on Seminola. And so Seminole County uh, sent out their team and they evaluated what was going on and they going to uh, ultimately put some traffic lights in there that will make that dangerous bend a lot safer in the short term. They're going to put some more lights up to brighten it up and trim some trees and bushes to help people see around that corner. So we're blessed as we start the year, not just to live in a beautiful city, but to live in an area that is becoming safer as well. Some of the accidents that have happened there and the stories have really been very heartbreaking. And we keep the families in our thoughts and prayers, but we're grateful that we're actually doing something about it too to make us safer. Absolutely. Well, that was our Castleberry in the News segment. We are going to take a short break and hear from a podcast partner, and then we will be back with Chief Larry Krantz. We are proud to be sponsored by Edward Jones Financial. In times of financial uncertainty, how can you stay on track? Call on someone who's invested in your success. Alia Farid, your Castleberry Edward Jones Financial Advisor, is here to help you. She will work to build a complete picture of your financial life, including your unique goals and passions, so she can help you achieve what's most important. Call Alia Farid at 407-678-0658 to schedule an appointment today. Edward Jones Financial, member SIPC. My name is Ed Pisani, and I'm a local entrepreneur with IFR Web Services and also a board member of the Castleberry Chamber of Commerce. This is your business tip in a minute. Today's business tip is great for new entrepreneurs or established entrepreneurs. And that idea is to be passionate. Every day, you need to bring that same passion to your business that you did on day one. So it might be day 100 or day 1000, but you need to bring the passion, the fire inside of you to have a successful business. It's always easy to start a business and get your first set of business cards and your brochure and all that good marketing stuff set up. But after you get past that moment, that's when the passion needs to kick in. When you don't have a yes in the sale or you don't have a great day or a piece of equipment breaks, you need to have that passion to stay late or get up early to make your business a success. So with that, enjoy the show and thanks for listening.
That's right. Welcome back, listeners, to our favorite part of the show, where we turn the spotlight on someone who is making a big difference in our community. And there are few people who have as much influence and lead with such integrity as our guest today. It is the chief of our Castleberry Police Department, Chief Larry Krantz. Chief, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you, Andy. It's a pleasure to be here. And it is a pleasure for us to have you. I was saying earlier just how much I respect you and your leadership and how you walk with a calm confidence that just brings trust to those who come into contact with you. So the privilege is, is really ours. But how are you doing today? Yeah, it was very kind of you to say, so thank you very much. I appreciate that. First question, you were a little bit late getting here. I was. Did you have to speed to get here? Uh, no, no, that's why I was late. Okay. <laughs> there you go. That was the only gotcha question we got. And you passed that test. So, Chief, tell us a little bit about your career and how you made this journey to Castleberry. Okay. Well, first off, again, thanks for uh, letting me be a part of this. I'm really excited to be able to have this conversation with you gentlemen today and to our community as well. Well, interesting enough, uh, I had served uh, in the United States military as a military policeman. And uh, I've always had the inkling to want to be in law enforcement. So I chose that route. And then uh, upon exiting, I applied with the sheriff's office in Orange County and was blessed to be hired there. So I ended up spending about 30 years of my life with them doing a number of assignments and obviously rising through the ranks and retiring as a uh, division commander at the rank of major. So I had a number of assignments. We can talk a little bit about that if you would like. But And then latter parts of my career, I started thinking, okay, you know, the being the head of an organization, being a police chief certainly interests me. So I started looking at opportunities to be able to move into that role. And then Castleberry opened up mm -hmm. and you know, they had the unfortunate circumstance to happen, but it opened up and I prayed about it and it just felt right. So I applied and as they say, the rest is history. And I've just been truly blessed ever since then to be able to serve this great community. You know, as you say that, Chief, I remember being part of your interview, actually. We had a meet and greet at the Castleberry Rec Center, which I thought was very forward thinking of the city leadership that it would have some community voices come and it was like speed dating if I remember it was but I, I guess you made your match <laughs> yeah um, you know that was very interesting I was excited about that you know honestly the whole process as I said you know I prayed about it but the whole process just felt right and I had applied mm -hmm. for a couple other positions as well and gone through but there was something about this one it just it just seemed like this was at the right place at the right time and this is where I needed to be and even in that mm -hmm. you, know, you would think you'd be nervous walking into a room full of community members and leaders of the community and the city leaders and, and you know, vying for this position. But, you know, I, I wasn't. I was very much at ease and at peace with whatever the outcome was going to be. That's good. I was just relieved there wasn't a fist fight between the candidates. <laughs> uh, no, we, we, we took care of that before we walked in. <laughs> I love that, that you felt and just the peace of the call to, to serve in this role. Chief, you've obviously been, uh, tell me, how, how long have you been the chief of police here? I apologize, I don't know I've that. been here since July of 2015. Okay, 2015. So, so, so uh, coming up, gosh, eight years already. Yes. Uh, so in that time, you've obviously kind of, you probably had an initial sort of view, lens of what you thought of the city. Tell us kind of from your perspective uh, in law enforcement and just as a community leader, what how would you describe our, our city to, to 
folks that ask. As we sit here today? Yes. Oh, yes okay. Sir. Yeah. Because you, know, you well, look no, at that'd be yeah, both the end. What, what yeah, was your, that's what was your perception yeah. coming in and then the reality that yes. you see now? That's a good okay. One. Well, we'll start with that. What, what it was that I was seeing, you know, as I was applying or coming into this. As you know, I'm, I, I grew up here in the Central Florida area and I had relatives. My aunt and cousin uh, live here in Fern Park. So, right off of 436 in an Oxford Road area. So I was very familiar with the Castleberry area, so to speak. You know, and through the years, honestly, Castleberry didn't have the greatest of reputations right. because of some of the entertainment complexes that were here and some of the things like that. But as the years progressed, you've seen the change. So coming in, I saw what Castleberry used to be, but I saw what is best described as just transformational. You'd seen how Castleberry had moved in a really positive direction. Mm-hmm. So I was excited to see that and to hopefully be a part of that. So, you know, coming in from the police world, there's a different thing from looking at the community from the police side and then the internal agency, right? Mm-hmm. So, but from the community, it just, to me, was an up and coming community. One that from my research and understanding and talking with some others that they had some good vision minded leaders that were making some of the decisions to advance the city looking forward 10, 20 years down the line. So that was very positive for me. But then when I came in and started being an integral part of that leadership team, it was even more impressive Mm. to me on a number of fronts. But most importantly, the vision that the mayor and the commission had and the city, the manager and the leaders there, but the interdepartmental cooperation Mm. and the vision that everybody had, everybody seemingly was always on their same page to understand how to advance the city forward and what was needed individually in each department to help achieve those goals. So that to me was very impressive Mm -hmm. to know that this was certainly a city that was moving, I don't want to say rapidly, but at a good pace in the right direction. Yeah. Beautifully stated. I think our our time kind of overlapped from from when my family moved into Castleberry as when you started as the chief. And and I would agree. I think the the word transformative, not that it's been transformed, but we are in the process of of seeing uh, a positive transformation. You mentioned being a part of kind of a a larger community of leaders and these different departments and all. How would, Chief, how would you describe, since you've taken over as chief these past eight years, your leadership style or something? How how do you try to lead the the police department here in Castleberry? In a friendly way. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we should ask the officers that. Right, right, exactly. (laughs) Very stoic. Or maybe Robin just after she gets pulled over for her next ticket. (laughs) Well, you know, if you want to put a label on it, it's okay. Let's call it uh, a couple things. Cause I do think being a leader in a police organization, as you move through, you have to be able to be flexible and adjust mm. because things happen differently each day and sometimes by the hour. But I like to lead more of a democratic kind of a style where I, I want some input and some feedback, not only from my internal leaders and members of the agency, but also from the community members and the leaders too. How are we doing? What can we do better? What ideas do you have? Because I certainly don't have all the solutions. So I want those ideas to be brought forward so that we can make the decisions that are best for not only our members of the agency in in the city, but the community as as a whole as well. Also servant leader, you know, I, I, I appreciate the need to be able to serve in our community in a way that is coming from the heart. You, you know, you want to do the right things for the right reasons at the right time. So I would describe myself in those two ways. 
I would want to describe myself in those ways. I'm not sure I can yet, but one day I, I hope to do that. If I, if I may, you know, sometimes it, it's difficult because, again, in law enforcement, things are so situational and things change. So there are times when you have to be autocratic, mm-hmm. right? Not only internally, but externally because of things that may be happening at the time. So you have to be able to stand up and make those quick, decisive decisions. And then there's times when, again, more democratic because you have time. So you have to be able to recognize those situations and when you have the time to really digest information and receive it or you have to move forward and make decision right away yeah and of course it's it's I imagine tough knowing what kind of leadership is required in a certain situation, right? Do I need to be a little slower and a little softer or do I need to be a little bit more assertive and aggressive? And it could transform in moments, right? depending on the situation. That's right. Mm-hmm. I, I've been in some relationships where it has to change in moments like, like that as well. Chief, I've... I've been very privileged to spend some time with your offices over the last few years through the chaplaincy program that you started. And one of the things that I think has struck me the most is that you and your offices meet people at some of the hardest crisis moments in their life when everything seems to be going wrong, when all the drama is overflowing and and all that kind of stuff. How do you and how do you encourage your officers to stay calm when everything around you is chaotic? Uh, this is a very good question. You know, and again, it's situational because mm-hmm. it depends on what's going on. But for the most part, we do an extensive amount of training and understanding how to handle conflict, you know, conflict resolution and understanding that we are truly the peacekeepers mm. and sometimes the peacemakers. Yeah. Right. So that when we come on a scene, what I like to describe it as we are called to people's chaos. Mm. And they're calling us, wanting us and needing us to help resolve the conflict or the issue that's at hand. So it's important for us to not only be well trained in that, but to be mentally prepared to be able to be flexible enough and quick on your feet to understand what the situation might dictate at that moment. But we have to remain calm in the face of this thing so that we can get a proper resolution. Because if, if we are approaching a chaotic scene and what would be or could be described as out of control, that's not helping a situation. So it's important for us to immediately recognize what's happening and be able to be that calm in that storm to be able to bring everybody. I like to try to describe it as like the hurricane. We are the eye of the storm. Right. And the storm is on the outside of us. Mm-hmm. So it's important that we understand to try to draw those people out from the outer banks of it and bring them into the eye so that it's in a calmer arena to where we can help resolve the conflict. Mm-hmm. Chief, the, just a quick testimony without mentioning any names. There's a... a Andy. There's a young man that I've had the privilege of kind of working with and, and go, the family goes to our church. And, and what I've found is he is struggling with some, some different issues. Uh, there's a, a particular officer that is, has done a lot in terms of coordinated intentional care. One thing that I've talked to his this young man's mother about is that the officer that you have trained and equipped and sent out sees the individual that's struggling as a person, not simply there's a, you know, certainly there's protocol and things that you have to abide by, but treats somebody with dignity and respect and really tries to get to know 
and I don't know, I'm sure that's the case of many uh, organizations, you know, police organizations around the country, but in Castleberry specifically, I, I note that, that there's a, a, a desire to care for the individual in the community as we're all a part of the same community. Um, and that, I really appreciate that. Well, thank you for saying that. And you know, just to expound on, again, some of the information on this, that's one of the things, the hallmarks of what I want our organization to be and our people to be about. And when I talk to them, we interview them, is that they need to understand how to care mm-hmm. and show the empathy in the right ways. It's important to be able to help build those relationships and build a trusting relationship with these types of situations. But also, you know, we train extensively. We have crisis intervention training that all the officers go through. We have training at, to deal with those that are maybe mentally affected in some way. We, uh, autism and other mental health related issues, drug addictions. And to recognize that regardless of the situation, those individuals are just that, individuals, they're human beings. And that it's important that we treat them with dignity and respect. We need to help them help themselves. And many times it can be nothing more, nothing less than saying, how can I help you? Very simply stated, how can I help you today? Right. And what's going on? So through those training opportunities that we have, the crisis intervention and, and whatnot, we're able to do, learn, if you will, some proper ways in which to approach certain people and to be able to quickly identify the stressors that might be happening mm. that gives us the tools to know which way to respond. So it's very important that we do that and we do it regularly. Mm. And all of our officers are what I call crisis intervention trained. Thank you for elaborating on that answer. Yeah. I think, Chief, most of our listeners, you know, naturally kind of want to hear some statistics, kind of what, you know, where are we in terms of, of crime and, you know, is the city trending towards kind of quote unquote being safer? Could you, could you elaborate, share just where we are currently as of the start of the new year? Absolutely. We finished 2022 in a good year. Uh, we were slightly up on a couple property crimes, but just by just a small number. But overall, just to give you a quick snapshot, if you will, I track since I came on board here in 2015, I want to track and see where we are. Where are we trending? What are What's happening in our community and where? And we push that information out so that everybody understands. Yes, we're a small community, so people, the officers can recognize, well, we, I know we had some crime over here. We had auto burglary here or whatnot. But what's happening as a whole, especially on the shifts that maybe they don't work? So we share information because why? So they know what's happening and where and where they can be. And we empower them and empower the supervisors. So it helps in our crime reduction efforts. So since 2015, since I came on board, I'll give you a quick number. We had over 1,500 crimes, part one crimes that we report to the FBI for the Uniform Crime Reporting Index. And and that's like, you know, violent, some violent crime and property crimes, burglaries, thefts, robberies, sex assaults, things such as that. We put together this crime reduction strategy, and I believe it's working because the evidence shows that it's working. Since then, our numbers are down to, in 2021, we had 795. Wow. Wow. reported UCR Part 1 crimes, whereas, again, in 2015, we had over 1,500. That's by half, yeah. Wow. So our efforts are working. Yeah. And what was important to me to describe to our, our, our team was that these numbers are important, but what's even more important to me is how does our community feel? Do they feel safe? That's what's most important. So we can certainly brag about the numbers being down. And these numbers, I think, are really good. Even though our numbers, we had, as of... End of November, we had 885 
for 2022, which was slightly up. Mm-hmm. But they're still... Is that when Robin moved into town? I think so. Is that the, yeah. the, the, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we're still below the pre... In the 2015, 2016 numbers, the pre-COVID yeah. numbers, we're still well below that. So the team is really doing a good job at really understanding and focusing and on um, what's happening and how they can combat it. Mm-hmm. And we also started, a, if I may real quick, a... Um, a community response team. And what that is, you know, our patrol officers are dedicated to answering calls for service. And in their free time, they do a lot of proactive policing. Get out in the community, meet people, talk to them. But my community response team, they're able to go out and help deal with those other nuisance issues in our community. More, they get more involved, they can spend a little bit more time dealing with them and help effectively address them because they're not beholden to answering the calls for the radio all the time. So that's really helped as well. Yeah, that's that's really smart. Like you said earlier, there are times when as a leader, you need to be assertive and on it and move quickly. You know, that's that's your day-to-day squads who are responding in the moment. But this community response team can go a little bit slower and more deliberately and dive a little deeper. Exactly. And, and have that relationship with the citizen whom has brought forward the issue. Because it's very important for the individuals to understand that we do care and we're going to assist and try to resolve as best we can. And there are times, honestly, that there might be a situation where we can't resolve it immediately. It's going to be a prolonged effort or maybe not. Or maybe it's not even a law enforcement matter, but it's important for us to be able to provide the yeah. resource and direct them to the proper way. And the community response team does a great job of being able to help and do that as yeah. well. So as you shared the statistics, those are very encouraging. But you also said, I just want to lean into this a little bit. It's important that, that people feel safe. And obviously feeling safe is a very um, subjective thing. What are some of the things that folks in our community can legitimately be celebrating right now? And what are some things in our community that people need to be legitimately concerned about Mm -hmm. right now? Well, I I truly obviously think that the city, our citizens can certainly celebrate the fact that we do have a safe city. Mm -hmm. We don't have violent crime. We don't have a bunch of rampant things that are happening out there because our team is out there. They're visible. Mm -hmm. You know, we want them to be proactive and be seen. You know, I, I expressed to them, You know, sometimes when you travel around in our world, we say, man, there's a lot of police around. Mm -hmm. You know, like people pulled over, do whatever. I said, that's what I want. Mm -hmm. Those bad people coming through to feel that there's the police everywhere. Everywhere I look, there's a a police officer. So, and that helps in our efforts as well to to keep that away. So I think they can celebrate that it's safe. But not taking away from the law enforcement side, I think they can celebrate what's really happening in our community. The things that happen in our community every day, the events that the city provides free for our community to come together, get to know your neighbors, right? Get to know who's in your community and understand that our city, the city leaders care genuinely about what's happening and where the city is going in the future and how they want it to be a vibrant uh, city and a destination for people to come to. I think they could really, really celebrate that. Now, from the concern side, what concerns me a lot is the number of vehicles that are traveling through here. Mm. So I can say this is a big, big issue, but it is. We talk about a you know summer neighborhood of 100,000 vehicles a day traversing 1792 and 436. Right. So relative to that end, to be concerned about the volume of traffic and just I impress upon everybody to drive safely. Put your devices down, mm. drive safe, and understand that 
you're not going to help anybody if you can't get to wherever your destination is safely. Yeah. And you certainly don't want to, you know, be the cause of someone else's pain either. Yeah. Chief, just a couple questions as we wrap up. What do you desire, wish uh, that our citizens um, really knew about the police department specifically? Like I, I, one thought I had is what what is the mission of the police? Like what is your kind of stated mission and, and how are you guys going about accomplishing said mission? Well, yeah, I appreciate that. You know, simply, you know, we're, we're in, in the broadest sense, right? We're going to serve and protect, but we want to do it with dignity and respect. We want to be able to be able to serve our community in a well and, and understand who it is that we are serving and that it is bigger than us. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the generalized, you know, message that we have. Um, but I want the community to understand that the people that are on our department are truly dedicated and committed to what their mission is to go out there and interact with the community, get to know the community, be a part of the community, not just put the uniform on and drive around, but to mm. actually get to know those individuals in our community. Sure. And I think that's what's really most important and so impressive to me. And one of the things that I'm proud of is how great they are at doing that. I cannot tell you how many times each week if I'm out and about in the community, how many compliments I receive from members of our community about that, about the positive interactions and how friendly our officers are and how respectful and professional that they are. So that I really am very proud of them for doing that. As we start this new year, what are you most looking forward to uh, for yourself, for the department, for the city in this this new year? It's an interesting question because that can go in a number of different ways, <laughs> right? <laughs> you can take it wherever you want. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I think from internally from the police department side, I'm really excited about what 2023 is going to hold for us because over the years since I've been on. I've been able to, I don't mean it that way, but we, as a team, we've been able to really, I believe, in a very positive way, change the culture Mm -hmm. of our department Mm -hmm. and really bring it into focus about the servant leadership style that even the officers can and should be displaying and what they're truly about. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to what the future holds as it relates to that, because we've really seen a very positive change with some of the uh, um, the evolution of the police department. Let's put it that way. That's great. Um, Now, with the city, I'm still excited about where the city's going and the new development that's coming in and the changes that they're making relative to not only the development, but to the parks. You know, it's one thing a lot of people don't realize how many parks that the city of Castleberry truly has, like 17 parks, Mm -hmm. and how embracing the community was with the bond referendum and to understand the importance of it because we want that community to... Not to be safe, but to be able to go to a park and enjoy your family, enjoy a picnic, enjoy the lakes, and be able to walk to them or ride to them. So yeah, that's something that I think is even going to be even better as 2023 evolves. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a great answer. Chief, uh, we know you're a busy man. We so appreciate you taking time to, to join us for this conversation on our podcast. Uh, as you continue to serve and lead in our community, we, we I love what you said about uh, being a servant leader. Um, you're not just a, you are a big man with a big voice, but you also come down to just regular citizen and, and are very caring. So thank you so much for well, your time. You. Thank you for that. You know, and I will say, I, I, I think that's important that all our team members demonstrate that this is a uniform that we wear because of the duties that we hold right but it's bigger than that and that we're people and that we should just interact and treat people that that way you know very good listener that was chief larry krantz appreciative of chief larry krantz uh, taking some time to be on our podcast we are so thankful not only for the chief and his uh, service to our community, but also uh, his collective wisdom and what he brings to the city of Castleberry and specifically to our, our police force. Andy, chief gave us some great things, nuggets to chew on. Uh, would you share, as we wrap up another episode, an inspirational quote? A quote, Drew, comes from Henry Ford, who said, failure is the opportunity to begin again more intelligently. This quote is really helpful for folks like me who tend to fail a lot. It's a reminder that failure isn't final, that difficulty isn't the end, that if we can pick ourselves up, we've got a better chance of succeeding because of what we've learned from failure. Listener, I'm sure that there are times in your life when you've made a mistake and maybe even felt like a failure. But if you think through the depths of your memory, you will realize that those failures weren't real failure. They were springboards to the next opportunity and to the next success. Henry Ford said, failure is the opportunity to begin again more intelligently. Thank you, Andy. And uh, thank you, listener. We've had a great time with this episode of the podcast. We hope you have enjoyed it and want to invite you to not only listen each and every other week, but also to invite friends to, to join. If you haven't already, click the like and subscribe button on the podcast so it'll go right to your podcast feed. And you can find more information about our podcast through our website, whatsupcastleberry.com, our Facebook and Instagram pages. Just search What's Up Castleberry. Until next time, have a great week.